you're right. The lawsuits, PG&E and the state and probably individuals, some sort of class action, maybe the whole town of paradise, whatever. It's going to be just a it'll go on the rest of our lives. And the legislative response to that in corrupt California. God help us there. Uh, the complexity of the thing is just yeah. And then the reality of it, to what extent is an electric company responsible for anything that goes wrong as they try to spread electricity across, you know, half a state. And and listen, if I'm going to be fair minded for once, um, you can design a perfectly safe or a very nearly perfectly safe electric grid. It will cost you, you know, a million dollars per customer. Um, well, you know, that's an extreme illustration of what I'm trying to say, but we have to agree on how much it costs to make the grid safe. Uh, the enormous costs of it not being safe, uh, taking a look at the profits of these companies that are granted essentially um, monopolies by our brave and, and honorable elected representatives and figure out what we want to do as a people. All I know is I've lived in places with terrible weather and my electricity didn't go out even close to as often. Right, right, yeah. So the uh, uh, the heftiness of the system doesn't seem to be. The profits are plenty hefty. But anyway, that's anecdotal evidence. Um, over and over again? I don't... Th- <laughs> that, yeah. that, that becomes data. <laughs> Good point. I will not go to France. I, ha- I had no plans to go to France. My current lifestyle does not allow for European trips. I will not go to France. Your current lifestyle doesn't allow you to go to Nevada. I will not... Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't get to go to the dry cleaners. <laughs> I will not Nonetheless. visit France. I will not eat French dressing. I will not eat French fries. I've burned my shirts with French cuffs. Oh. After what Macron said the other day in front of our president, among the things he said this. Nationalism is a betrayal of patriotism by saying our interest first cares about the others we erase what a nation holds dearest what gives it life what makes it grace oh, you she's eating surrender monkey and cougar chasing macron please of france really i think making a bad move i don't like him saying that period at the World War One memorial ceremony, it, it, what the hell is that? Well, and and you know, don't let me get off on a tangent here. But the American media, of course, is just delighted. See how bad Trump, Trump is. Trump is so terrible. Macron was forced to, or a rather pathetic and self-serving French politician took an incredibly inopportune and inappropriate moment to take a shot to bolster his own approval ratings. Now, I don't know how strongly you feel about your French boycott, Jack. I admire your stance very much, but uh I saw a French bulldog the other day. I didn't pet it. I, I'm 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 very much in love with my wife, and if she were to kiss me and and just you know, if her tongue were to well, I just I don't want to you get too specific. It. <laughs> You'd reject it. I'd close my lips together. French kissing. My wife puts on the French maid outfit. I am not aroused. Oh. Not aroused. <laughs> no, no. So anyway, uh, Macron makes this incredibly inappropriate speech and hypocritical. Oh, absolutely. The idea Jeez. that France and other countries are not looking out for their own national interest is silly. Including and, to the point, by the way, of not paying your dues to the NATO that you to NATO that you agreed right. to. Why are you doing that? 
And so, thankfully, the president, Donald J. Trump of Manhattan, responded in perfectly proportionate and reasonable fashion to Macron. Just like, well, n- it's as if it were Nixon and de Gaulle, really. <laughs> well, he responded anyway, and he tweeted this. And this is true if you haven't heard this. Emmanuel Macron suggests building uh, uh, its own army to protect Europe against the U.S., China, and Russia. But it was Germany in World Wars One and Two. How did that work out for France? They were starting to learn German in Paris before the U.S. came along. Pay for NATO or not? That's a that's a, <laughs> that's a heck of a thing to say, especially for our younger listeners. Don't hit send when you're angry. It's just if it's a good idea to send it now, it will be a good idea in an hour. The only reason he didn't send my favorite is he hasn't heard it. I'm guessing if right. he heard it, I got to get that to him. You know why they got so many trees in Paris so the Germans can march in the shade, huh? Oh boy, hurtful, <laughs> hurtful. Oh my god. So anyway, the learning German shot was, to my mind, unnecessarily sarcastic. <laughs> You think? I mean, especially because old Angela Merkel's over there saying, "What did we do with this? What did we did? I said nothing here." And so their their unfortunate history has been dragged out again. But then, the president went on and makes another great point: on trade, France makes excellent wine, but so does the U.S. The problem is that France makes it very hard for the U.S. to sell its wines into France and charges big tariffs. Whereas the U.S. makes it easy for French wines and charges very small tariffs. Not fair. Must change. Why are they doing that? Because it As a benefits... wino, I can tell you that's true. Are they doing that because it benefits the rest of the world? Because they're so concerned about the rest of the world doing well? Or are they looking up for their own self-interest? Purely the latter. The problem is that Emmanuel suffers from a very low approval rating in France, writes the president. 26% and an unemployment rate of almost 10%. He was just trying to get onto another subject. By the way, there's no country more nationalist than France. Very proud people, and rightfully so. And then his final tweet, the exclamation point, in all caps, MAKE FRANCE GREAT AGAIN! Exclamation point. Twenty six percent is pretty pretty low approval rating. I think it really. If that's I don't I can't verify it, that. It has been very low. I don't know what it is now, but it has yeah. been very low at times. Remember it uh, it tanked for a number of reasons, including when they found out they were spending ten thousand dollars a month on his on his makeup and hair. <laughs> that didn't help him any. That's extraordinary. Of course, he does. He also does suffer a little bit. What what Trump's got going against him? He is not either one of the. Two parties that have existed since they became a uh, you know a, a vote in society, mm-hmm. and when you are that, when you're an outsider, you got both of the entrenched parties against you, and, and it both makes of them difficult. trying as hard as they can to build the case against you sure. for the people. Yeah. Now, listen, the story about France is that it went way down the road, and you may know this already, toward socialism and worker protection to the extreme. It's like everybody in France is a government worker; you can't fire them. And you can't ask them to work. And the whole you're guaranteed five weeks of vacation or whatever it is. Right. And, and it, it absolutely choked the French economy. The, the French economy as a force for production and growth became a dying animal. Uh, and they've been clawing back economic freedom in an attempt not to die, you know, economically. Um, and so the idea, the very idea that one of the most protectionist societies on earth is shouting at 
the United States for engaging in a little nationalism is hilariously hypocritical. And so the, uh, Brexit, the rubber's meeting the road on that for Great Britain uh, right now. And uh, so I saw a story on that on the news. And um, I hope it's imported American rubber. They're in, it, that's Great Britain leaving the EU and, uh, and uh, in the fallout from that. But they're interviewing people on the street. And there's one old lady on the street who said, I'm fine with it. I am British. I am not European. And I thought, oh, that sounds like nationalism. That's That's like white nationalism. That's the opposite of patriotism. Nationalism equals white nationalism. I've heard that. That's just the way a lot of people feel about their country. And it's common for governments to look out for their own for their own interest. France going around the uh, the UN doing deals with Iran and Iraq over the years. I mean, over come and on, over. right? To benefit the world, not their own self interest. It's a joke. But what percentage of politics is trying to motivate dumb people? Well, dumb people is an unfair term. Um, I've always wanted to talk to a really smart person off the record who's run campaigns. I want to talk to Carl Rove. I want to talk to, uh, uh, who's the guy who shaved off his mustache, ran Obama's campaign? What about the guy with the outrage accent? Him, any of those James people. Carville. I would like them to be honest. They never would be. But I'd love them to say, here, here, you know you're dealing with about 25% of complete morons. So you got to play this, you got to play it this way to get them to vote. Right. Or what percentage of politics, your effort in politics, is motivating dumb people or people who don't pay attention through fear or or greed? Excellent distinction. You don't have to be dumb to not be uh, up on the issues. No. In fact, I'm envious of, in a way, it's, it's irresponsible as a citizen, allegedly, to not be paying attention. Uh, but I envy you. Uh, on the other hand, and I've made this argument many times and will until they yank the microphone away from me, and then I'll start a podcast. <laughs> the government has become so enormous and complex, it's not only impossible for a citizen to have a reasonable idea of how it functions and how they ought to vote. It's impossible for the highest level of legislators. It's impossible for the president of the United States to have any significant comprehension of the function of the federal government. That is an awful situation to find yourself in, and that's the one we're in, which is why you should vote reflexively over and over again for smaller government on the federal level, smaller on the state, smaller on the county, more in your town, and only the things your town can't do should be done by your county, only the things your county can't do done by the state, etc. Stop worshiping Washington, D.C., ladies, why are you still single? Men, why are you still single? The top ten personality reasons that people say they're still single or physical reasons they think they're still single and some other information on that topic that's really entertaining that I think we'll have a lot of fun with. And perhaps get some cleaning uh, materials about you or don a helmet if you are a lefty. I'm going to make progressives' heads explode with a thought starter question from a beloved listener Mm. of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Has it got anything to do with Long time no see? Uh, yeah, somewhat. Okay. Yeah, it's related. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of nation. the nation. The Armstrong and Getty
being detected from the California fires cleared to New England. Yikes. So uh, here's the plan, as we have a lot of great stuff to talk about, and uh, we need to get to it. A complete deconstruction of political correctness, the cultural appropriation, foolishness, grievance culture, constant demand for apologies, 8 o'clock. Dan Crenshaw, the eyepatch congressman uh, that was on Saturday Night Live, wrote a uh, a piece for the Washington Post that's really good on this. That will be the cornerstone of our coverage. He's going to become the voice of this issue, I think. Now, I promise to make progressives' heads explode, and that's part of that presentation. You want to make people's heads explode? I do. Okay. So stay tuned for that. <clears throat> I'll give you the first half, and we'll pay it off at 8 o'clock. If you work at 8 o'clock, call in sick. What is the benefit of being a nation of immigrants if dot, dot, dot? Have you run around saying we're a nation of immigrants? Stay with us. I I don't, but stay with us. You stay with us, too, because you work here. So they did a big survey asking people while they're still single. We got more single people than we used to have. People are getting married less. When asked why they were still single, both men and women's um, physical concerns and their personality concerns, they think, of why they're still single. It's a giant survey. Why they think. Why they think they're single, yes. Um, Some of the answers are are interesting. Is this going to make me sad? I don't think so. (laughs) It might. Some of it might. Some of it you might wonder, the way the human beast works. For instance, physical traits on why you're still single for men. Number one. Should I count up or down? Well, number one is just so striking. Number one, my abs aren't toned enough. 34% of men say that. The reason I'm still single for a physical reason is my abs aren't toned enough. What? Do you think people who aren't single all have toned abs? What is your dating ritual like? Yeah. You just walk up and check these out. I'm not impressed. Damn, again. Everybody in the studio is making the same face. The what face? I have long thought that somehow we got uh, through social media or or television or movies or something like that. We got off track to where we ha- we think we can do better than we can. That that, that that's a phenomenon. Sure. Um. Everybody everybody tries to fight above their weight, mm. and so and therefore more people end up you know alone. But I didn't realize that so many people were were turning it on themselves. I don't have toned abs, so I guess I can't. I never have had, and I never, oh, I I never thought. I never thought I was out of the dating world because I don't have toned abs. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's interesting though. That's the that's the number one answer for men. Followed by I'm too fat. My chest isn't toned enough. My arms aren't toned enough. I'm too short. I'm, I'm Is this balding. sponsored by like? Crunch Fitness or something? Well, no, it's they're specifically asking physical traits. Yeah, this well, is just the physical that. stuff. Yeah, I don't have tattoos. Well, you could change that. I can't tone my abs. There's no way I could ever do that. I could get a tattoo this afternoon. Get a tattoo of a six pack. There you go. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I get a tattoo of a six pack of beer. <laughs> Want to see my six pack? On your belly. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> oh, that would kill. That It'd would be, pretty be funny. funny. That would kill. It'd be pretty funny at the pool. I like the bottom one, Wanna though. Want to see my six-pack abs? <laughs> 10% of people said this is the physical reason they're still single for men. Yes. My voice is annoying. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> wow. Would you like to go out with me? Oh, boy. <laughs> Not really. No. How about we be pen pals? 
One, two, three. They yes. only they only go with you to quiet. Let's go see a movie. Let's go to a library. Only places where you're not supposed to talk. Your hair looks nice. Did you Ooh. get it cut? <laughs> what? what? I don't even. I can't hear the words you're saying. Uh, personality traits holding them back for men. Ah, yes. We'll start at the bottom on this one and work it up. 13% say they're too outspoken to be in a relationship. That's kind of interesting. I'm a bit of an a-hole, is what you're saying, I guess. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Similar to the, hey, I'm just being honest. Well, that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're not an Mm -hmm. (laughs) a-hole. All right. You could not say some of those things and still be just as honest. Although I will say, if you have anything resembling, you know, semi-conservative views in... Say you're going to Portland State, and you say, well, I'm not sure I agree. You're too outspoken. How old am I? Am I 21 or whatever? I'm keeping my damn mouth shut for whatever uh, wherever it comes my way. <laughs> A practical man. I don't, show, show him your six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't put enough effort into my career is a personality trait for uh, people say, oh, hold wow. them back from okay. being. All right. you're, you're, you're unable to support yourself. <laughs> I'm too intelligent. I'm guessing some oh, yeah. of these people who say they're too outspoken also check the box for I'm too intelligent. Oh, yeah. I'm too smart, and I, and I and I talk to, and I tell people my thoughts. That's why I'm single. Yeah, women hate smart guys. <laughs> yeah, every survey shows that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm too intelligent. Wow, wow. I, I want to find a moron just like mom that's, had. That's a hell of a thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm assuming for the sake of this argument that you don't want to be single. If you want to be single, then. You know, what the hell difference does it make? Your answer would be, because I want to be single. Right. But I'm assuming that if you want to be a relationship, if you're sitting there alone wishing you had a girlfriend, and you're thinking, I'm just too smart. Wow. That's not your problem. No. No, your hubris is. <laughs> yeah. Well, your delusions are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm too risk-averse. I'm not outspoken enough. Wow. Twice as many people say I'm not outspoken. I'm too... I'm too uh, quiet as a too outspoken. I'm too boring. There's wow. that. Well, that's too bad that you've got that view of yourself. I'm too boring to date anybody. Nobody'd want to date me. I'm boring. That's just sad. Yeah, that is. I told you this would make me sad. I'm too polite. What? I'm guessing that's the person that's also thinks they're too smart. I'm just too smart and no, polite. No, that the too polite guy is the nice guys finish last. Okay, dude. I think that's what that is. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have low self esteem. Mm. And the number one answer in the plurality by by quite a bit, I'm not outgoing enough. I've run into that a lot in my life. People just, sure. I just don't have the personality for, you know, showing up at a social function and talking to someone. It's tough to meet people. Which, yeah. if you're built like that, that is that is hard. That's all. Oh, was that dudes? That was all dudes. And you didn't get to the gal. I didn't get to the gal. Misogyny. That's probably why you're single. Oh, that's right. You're not. <laughs> We'll, I'm get just, to the, we'll get to the gals in a few minutes. Too smart. Nobody wants to date anybody as smart as me. Oh, boy. Wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the feds have just issued a health warning because of the California wildfire smoke. We got more problems for Facebook Zuckerberg and... Good. And a favorite Thanksgiving leftovers. Coming up. Is anybody root for failure with Zuckerberg more than any other human being? <laughs> I realized this morning, I see the Google logo and my fur gets up. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a negative reaction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have fur? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Bob Woodward says CNN is doing the wrong thing by suing. 
Interesting. Appreciate hearing. Well, they're clearly doing the wrong thing by suing. Well, unless their purpose is a publicity stunt. Well, then they're doing which the right it, thing. Which it is. Yeah. Uh, let's get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Well, as smoke from the raging California wildfires are now prompting the Fed's Health and Human Services Secretary, Alex Azar, to declare a public health emergency in California. Smoke from the fires is fouling air in cities more than 100 miles away. And you were saying it's showing up, Jack. You were saying it's showing up all over the place. Now, oh, yeah. Right? They've, got, they've, they've, they've detected smoke from fires in New England, but a lot of the, in the entire West Coast, the air is getting more and more unhealthy it must accumulate or something even though the air looked clear right. yesterday the the number of particles in the air was higher i don't know how that works well and i imagine it'll be uh hitting japan and reading australia before too long because most of the wind is yeah. blowing out to the pacific these days right uh, but it's it's horrendous in a lot of the states. i wonder at what point just from fear of litigation schools businesses start saying no we're we're closing down yeah, yeah. Well, uh, some schools have. Colleges have. Yep, yep. yep. Meanwhile, you got authorities worried about just how high the death toll from the Northern California campfire might go. At least 48 people have died, but more than 100 are still missing. Two people have died in the Woolsey fire. That's burning along the L.A. Ventura County line. Now, in both Southern and Northern California, fire crews have been working nonstop. They've been making some good fires or good progress in the south end of the campfire, slowing its advance to Oroville, but Captain uh, Joe Amador with Cal Fire says crews are getting worn out. Fatigue is starting to set in. That's probably one of the biggest things. Our firefighters are out there. We're working 12 and 24-hour shifts. I said before, safety is number one. California Governor Jerry Brown announcing the White House is expediting the state's request for a presidential major disaster declaration. Says the extreme wildfire behavior being seen in California is like nothing we've seen before. This is an unprecedented, or what I call the new abnormal. The winds are faster, uh, the temperatures are hotter, the soil and vegetation is drier. This is unprecedented. A presidential declaration is offering hazard mitigation, crisis counseling, housing, and unemployment assistance, along with a number of legal services. So President Trump has signed off on that. Demonstrators in New York are gathering in Queens today. They're protesting Amazon setting up a new headquarters there. The residents concerned the area is not going to be able to handle it. Now, Mayor Bill de Blasio and Governor Andrew Cuomo are welcoming Amazon's high-paying jobs and say the city and state will make money on Amazon's arrival. However, the city and the state are giving the company around $2 billion in incentives to uh, settle there. It's really extraordinary. $48,000 per job. And and I understand the economics of it. And yeah, the region probably will get ahead on the whole. But it will disrupt a lot of stuff and a lot of people for a lot of time. El Chapo's drug conspiracy trial in Brooklyn began with bombshell allegations. Joaquin Guzman's lawyers claiming the reputed Mexican drug kingpin is nothing more than the fall guy for corrupt Mexican officials, including the current president. He's in the waste management. He's a small businessman. They claim that the uh, current president of Mexico and others took bribes from the real leader of the uh, Sinaloa cartel, a fellow named Zambada. But uh, Peña Nieto, the current president's denying all of these accusations. I'll tell you what, uh, El Chapo's lawyer, and I'm, I'm sure he can afford really, really good lawyers. He got From to his me. waste management business. <clears throat> I started reading it, and I thought, okay, let's go see what kind of BS defense he can throw up. And he said, 
members of the jury, I want you to at least tell me you will open your minds to this possibility. El Chapo is not the guy that has been doing all this stuff and running these cartels for all this time. It's this Zambada guy. Yeah. Zambada has been doing this for 50 years. I'm going to explain to you how he owns the government of Mexico, how the United States has been misled and is uh, benefiting from uh, the claims that they've finally gotten the big guy. But it's actually this Zimbata guy that's been doing it all this time. They've just hung it all around El Chapo. And I thought, that is a possibility. That's an actual possibility. That there's a bigger guy out there that set up El Chapo all these years as being the face of the whole thing. I suspect very strongly that that is a pile of chorizo. Uh, On the other hand... (laughs) It's pretty good. On the other hand... It's reasonable doubt, yeah, or it certainly yeah, could yeah, sure. be. You only need one. Facebook chief Mark Zuckerberg doesn't want to answer questions before an international grand committee. He was, invi- uh, he was invited. Which is a thing, I guess. What is that? Well, honey, I've been called in front of the international grand committee. Do they wear jumpsuits with really big collars? <laughs> I think they, like they, they should. They should. <laughs> He was invited to appear in London by the committee that's investigating the role of social media platform played in election meddling and disinformation, but Zuckerberg has declined, and now a Canadian lawmaker says the committee might issue a subpoena, which could find Zuckerberg in contempt of Parliament if he still doesn't show up. Does the International Grand Committee have subpoena power that I have to uh, pay attention to? Apparently they do. Hmm. Apparently they do. Hey, and the NFL has announced it was moving uh, next Monday's game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams from Mexico City to Los Angeles because of the poor condition of the field at Azteca Stadium. Is that the real reason? I mean, I don't doubt that that's true to some extent, but were they are they really looking for a reason to get that game? Because I'm sure that was booked a year or longer ago, yeah. and they end up with this is the premier game. I would think they'd want it in Los Angeles. For all kinds of reasons. Well, that hadn't even occurred. I think it's I think it's an excuse to move the game to the United States. I which saw is pictures fine. of the field, though, and it looked horrible. Oh, I, I don't doubt that, but I'm thinking the NFL really wants this game in the United States. Could be. Yep. It's going to be huge ratings. Yep. Rams now going to host the Chiefs at well, the well, Coliseum. It'll, it'll be on TV. Well, yeah, I understand. Yeah. But getting people in, you know, new market for a team, Los right. Angeles, right. they're really trying to solidify that. Want to fill the stadium. Yeah. yeah. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I don't get the trying to export the NFL to countries that like soccer anyway. I just I just don't think that's ever going to grab They're growing. On, They're growing like, their market. Like they hope. Hmm? Basketball is, but I don't think the NFL is. Sell, basketball, sell football jerseys. Uh, you know, get a TV affiliate down there. Telemundo or something. And uh, get it. it's just smart. We'll get to more of these uh, survey uh, answers on why you're still single at some point. Got this whole political correctness thing uh, that we got to dive back into. Plus the controversy over whether the guy the president appointed to AG can serve in that office. Some say no. Others say yes. Or should he recuse himself on the whole Russia investigation? Lots of questions there. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some great stuff on political correctness. 
Pete Davidson's joke about a, a wounded guy running for Congress has, uh, has started a national conversation, a teachable moment that's, uh, that's working out pretty well, I think. Yeah, how far it'll go is uh, difficult to say, but uh, let's uh, thank God for small steps. More of this survey on why people are single, among other things we got coming up. Um, you know, the whole deal on Amazon uh, announcing their headquarters. Is that something we should like as free market capitalists or not? Really interesting topic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of reasonable dialogue, please welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Karen Demersian of the Washington Post, the congressional reporter who focuses on national security. Uh, and indeed, the conversation today about the new acting attorney general, Matthew Whitaker, recently appointed by the president after asking for the resignation of Jeff Sessions. Big old guy. Put, lift a car over his head. If you're looking for a strapping attorney general, and we've I am. got one. I am. Well, right. Uh, strong AG, strong America. That's what I say. Uh-huh. But uh, there is some debate as to whether he's uh, fit for the job according to the Constitution. Uh, Karen, welcome. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good to be with you guys. Uh, you would agree he is a strapping young man, no? Um, you know, I'm sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're still developing this story on his size. So, listen, uh, I really you, haven't looked into this angle of it, and I got to say that I feel like I've been derelict in my report. There are a lot of so. pictures of him out there of list, lifting tremendous amounts of weight. He might be the strongest man in government, but that aside, <laughs> that aside, please. So, uh, listen, can can you briefly uh, let us know what are people saying about his eligibility for the job? What should we know? Well, I mean, he's in the job right now until there's a, a, a permanent successor named, at least as a nominee, to be confirmed by Congress. And it's causing a whole bunch of um, partisan consternation um, in the political circles of D.C. because Democrats are saying, look, this guy has made his opinions about the special counsel's probe of Trump, the Trump campaign's potential connections to Russia. He's made his opinions known that he thinks that it's too far-reaching, that he thinks it's inappropriate, that he agrees with Trump that it's a witch hunt. Um, and now he's going to be the guy who's in charge of overseeing it and administering it and administering its budget and making sure that like anything time that the special counsel wants to go outside of his lane, he can or perhaps can't now because of the guy who's in charge. Um, the you know uh, Whitaker has been connected to Republican political circles. He's been a pundit on TV, and now he's running um, a department that's supposed to not allow politics into the factoring uh, uh, considerations of, you know, administering justice, and Democrats really don't trust that he's going to do that. Well, listen, if this guy was as overtly political as he's being portrayed, I understand why people would have some concern. The idea that the Justice Department should not let politics intrude is is hilarious and quaint. Well, um, it'd be nice I mean, if they didn't, but right. <clears throat> yeah. Right. I mean, these are the standards to which people, you know, aspire. Sure. Of course, politics sure. always comes into it. The people that the AG is always, you know, nominated by a president who belongs to one party or the other. So it's not like it's completely devoid of that. But usually this then goes to, you know, what are their credentials? What is their like, what is their reputation in terms of their temperament and how they're able to say, OK, well, I am this this, you know, politician. These are my politics. These are my leanings, but I can put them off to one side. And Whitaker just hasn't been tested in that way. And he hasn't been vetted by the Senate. And so, you know, that that would be the process that anybody who is the formal nominee would go through and get pummeled with questions the way we saw Sessions get pummeled with questions in front of the Judiciary Committee. But he isn't going to have to go through that because he's acting. And so for the next few months until we see a nominee or see a process take root, then this is just going to be... Um, 
this is going to be just kind of like a, a focal point for the partisan mud throwing that would happen anyway, but it's going to be focused around him because it's not clear what he's going to do or not do within the Justice Department to influence right. the and, probe that everybody's got their eyes on. Right, and well said. Uh, I just wanted to clarify because there are folks on the cable TV uh, channels saying that uh, this is unconstitutional. The guy can't serve in the office. I'm looking at the applicable, applicable uh, federal law, and um, it seems pretty clear that he can as an acting officer. I mean, the law is it's easy to understand. Um, and so I just wanted to clarify, this is not really a constitutional question at this point. It's a political question. It's a political question except for on one aspect. I mean, you have acting people all the time serving in those roles when you have not got a nominee, a confirmed nominee yet, either because somebody's retired or because they've been kicked out. That's what the acting title is for, and it's a pretty common thing. The one place where it seems like it's not 100% clear is can the special counsel, will the special counsel have to answer to a person who didn't appoint him? You know, it, it was it was not... Whitaker that came in to Whitaker was not in place when the special counsel was kind of created as this offshoot. So can he just assume oversight if he's not the guy that got it running? This is a question that's going to kind of be decided probably by a court fairly soon because there's been a request for briefs to be uh, filed by next Monday. So that's kind of like the one outstanding thing. And that's the one thing that everybody seems to care about right now. So you're right that like the the, the constitutional moniker is maybe a little bit um, a little bit overarching, uh, too overarching for what we're talking about here. But, you know, the, can he make decisions to undo things that people who were actually Senate-confirmed positions did? And, and Rosenstein, remember, is still Deputy Attorney General, and he's the one that actually, you know, brought Mueller into this whole thing and, and is, is still there. Can he just come in as somebody who was never confirmed by any elected officials and just supersede all of that? Well, That's the, the real meat of the dispute right Since now. you brought up peepers, as the president and I like to call Mr. Rosenstein, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, he is uh, was overseeing the Russia probe. He said positive things about Whitaker over the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's Whitaker is not universally reviled. He's very reviled by the Democrats in in Congress. You hate to and be so, universally reviled. Yeah, that's a, no, but this is the thing. But they, this is exactly why it's a partisan split, right? right? Because there are people that say, look, he he's going to leave his politics at the door and do the job, um, and. Then there's other people who wouldn't believe that, even if oh, it were almost entirely demonstrated. We and then are there are the people who are pretending in. they so, don't believe you know. that, so it's always difficult. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's been, he was named, what, a week ago? I mean, I, I lose track of time because oh, things no happen kidding. so fast and furious, but it's been a week. So we wouldn't even, I mean, unless he was really going to pull the, you know, pull everything down and burn it to the ground, we wouldn't have seen anything happen anyway because it hasn't been enough time. So I think the jury is still out to use an overwrought, you know, legally minded thing. But the jury is still out on what Whitaker is going to be doing. But whatever he's going to be doing, it is already, the fact that he's in there is already giving um, giving Democrats an argument to make, and the optics have already been soured because we don't know exactly what Mueller is going to produce. But everybody was thinking that the end of the year would be really like an, an interesting crunch time for that probe. At this point, if he wraps up in the next few months while Whitaker is still in charge, and he wraps up with anything short of an indictment of the president, Democrats will use, you know, the fact that Whitaker is there to say, "Wait a second, was there anything wow. dirty going on?" And it will right. launch probes into next year. I mean, like, it, it's just not going to be over. There was going to be another chapter anyway, and now Whitaker is the next chapter because people do not trust each other, and because the stakes are way, 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 way too high, and because the president has been so opinionated and dismissive 
of the DOJ in general, and especially when it comes to the part that's investigating him. Right, and this is why we like talking to you so much. What a beautiful job of describing a really complex situation. Karen Demersian of the Washington Post. Karen, hey, thanks a million for the time. Really great. Oh, great to talk to you guys. A real pleasure, thanks. Yeah, but, but she, that, that, that argument, I suppose it would work on some people, but so if, if Mueller comes out with his report and says, we didn't find any evidence collusion, that's because Whitaker told him to say that. So then you'd have to believe Mueller is such a puppet, he's going to keep his mouth shut right, and just go along with Whitaker, which nobody says he's that kind of guy. You're going to go against the guy who can bench press a Volkswagen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so listen, it's it's funny, and, and I really appreciate Karen's descriptions uh, of the whole thing, because I was coming at this from the constitutional uh, question. And the the legal question, I've got the U.S. Code in front of me, acting officer, it's paragraphs, and I've read it, and it's it's pretty easy to understand. The guy clearly can serve in a temporary capacity, um, but it, it, it absolutely, oh, it, it, it opens and pours a bag of weed and feed on the politics of the thing, and it's just rife with possibilities for screeching, you know, conspiracies and or legitimate gripes at each other. I'm the, so only that's person, what it's about. I'm the only person that keeps making this argument, but I don't think things you say on cable news show panels count. I know. And the Supreme Court actually ruled. Was it the Supreme Court or the court right below them? But they ruled that what Trump said about the Muslim ban didn't count right. because it was part of a campaign. I think the same thing would apply to cable news pundits. Stuff you say on a cable news panel doesn't count. No, you've been asked to come there and be argumentative. And hey, we need somebody to say something jazzy in defense of the president. Okay. That's what happens. That's literally what happens. So. Long time no see. You can't say that anymore. Racist! Among other things, we're going to talk about political correctness coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.